Today's episode is presented by State Bags. State Bags makes beautiful, well-made, inclusively cool products while using the power of business to give back to shift the narrative around social injustice. For every State Bag purchase, State hand delivers a backpack packed with essential tools for success to an American child in need. State is offering our listeners 15% off their next purchase at statebags.com using the code POD. That's 15% off your next purchase using the code POD at statebags.com. State Bags, they have your back. But if I'm going to come home and I get everything off the checklist, um, where, man, I've marked every single thing off and, man, this has been a good day, and then I go home and I yell at my wife and I'm short with my kids and I, I, I don't give them the time of day, I didn't dominate that day. Um, I didn't thrive that day. I failed that day. Welcome. We are your hosts, Brandon and Jordan, just two dads with similar interests. Lots of times we feel like we are only operating with one brain between us. This is Two Dads, One Mind. Well, welcome to another episode of Two Dads, One Mind. We are glad that you are here with us this week. This week, we have a special guest with us again. This is Pastor Matt Wheeler. He is a good friend of mine, and he is the pastor of a church called Oak Hills Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. We are really glad to have you, Matt. And just before we really get to know you a little bit more, uh, I wanted to kind of introduce you and let the audience and our listeners know uh, just how we got connected and and why we are having you on our podcast today. Matt Wheeler and I have been friends, really good friends since high school, but we've actually grown up in the same town and went to the same school pretty much almost nearly all of our school life or whatever you call that thing that we did where we learned stuff. So uh, we've known each other for a long time, became good friends, I would say, what would you say, since uh, freshman year of high school, somewhere in there. So yeah, really glad to have Matt. And Matt is not only a friend, but he is a pastor, and he's a great pastor. I've heard him preach, so I can say that. And he is a friend that I I trust. And so I thought, man, you know, it'd be really cool to talk about something really neat, which we're going to talk about showing you a behind-the-scenes look at a pastor's life in a way. And specifically, the topic that we're going to look at today is leading through challenges as far as your family. So leading your family through challenges with Pastor Matt Wheeler is the name of this episode. And so we're going to look at that behind the scenes and get to know Matt a little bit better and also show you that, and I hope that the purpose comes through, that pastors are normal people too. And we all have issues. We all get through things, but we want to look at it from the unique perspective of a pastor. So we're going to go ahead and do that today. Matt, why don't you go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself that I haven't already ruined for everybody? Yeah. I mean, just to speak to what you said, I definitely have issues. And so I appreciate you pointing that out. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, um, my name is Matt Wheeler. Like he said, pastor of Oak Hills Church, just on the north side of Oklahoma City. And um, 
Uh, I've known Brandon a long time. Like you mentioned, uh, I don't know if you said it, but we were uh, college roommates for two years. Yes. Um, some fantastic, fantastic memories. One of my favorite memories, freshman year of college, uh, was probably, I don't know, what was it, like three o'clock in the morning, I get oh, woken no. up by you vomiting one foot from my head. Uh, and so <laughs> my bed was was uh, was right next to the sink, and the bathroom was way down the, the hall, and and man, that was a great, I mean, terrible, uh, a terrible memory of, uh, of just yeah. seeing, waking up in the middle of the night to you, uh, my friend. Yeah, so weird thing about that, real <laughs> quick. Uh, yeah, we lived in these, the dorms, uh, the men's dorms at, uh, you know, University of Central Oklahoma. And oddly enough, we had a, just a sink in this little yeah. bitty room. No bathroom, nothing. I don't know why they thought, hey, these guys need just a sink. Apparently yeah, for we, you to throw up in. Throw up in. Why wouldn't <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, what's really funny, too, just real quick side note on that, is um, if I know you'll remember this. So we had we we thought we had only one way to put all of our, our beds and our furniture because it was so small. One night, about the same time, in middle of the night, we both get this just amazing inspiration. Mm-hmm. It was an inspiration. It was. In middle of the night that we had an idea for a new layout of the room. So mm-hmm. we got a piece of paper and we drew little rectangles to represent our bed and dressers. We moved it all around, which ended up with Matt having the head of his bed right by the sink, which <laughs> led to this incident. So. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. But, uh, oh, man. Uh, man, we had some good times uh, in college for sure, but you've been a great friend way beyond that. And so uh, it's just an honor to, to be hanging out with you guys, uh, be a part of this podcast and, and looking forward to it. And so um, uh, just a little bit about me. Um, I've been the pastor of Oak Hills Church for four years, uh, almost right at four years, uh, but uh, have a, a beautiful wife, Valerie, who, Brandon, you were with me the night I met Valerie. That and is correct. So, um, man, and we were on fire that night, man. We were so thinking We had funny. jokes left and right. They were just flowing. And so, I mean, uh, the ladies could not they resist. They couldn't resist. <laughs> couldn't resist. I uh, see. So the <laughs> listeners can't can't see this, but I see Jordan over there. You know, we're we're doing video here. Yeah. I wish you could see him, but he's he's not believing no. what we're putting down no, here. Not at all. Not at all. But uh, yeah, my <laughs> wife Valerie. We've been married uh, almost fifteen years, which is just absurd. And uh, so that's a, a wonderful thing. A wonderful uh, best friend in the world, and a wonderful wife, and a wonderful mother uh, to my three kiddos. Uh, I have an eleven-year-old daughter, Cadence. Um, a nine-year-old son, Asher, and a two-year-old son, Isaac. And so um, we kind of have a gap, have a little bit of a story in between there, but um, we have a gap uh, of, of seven years between our boys. But, but man, I'm blessed. Have a, a wonderful family, a wonderful church family. And uh, yeah, it's just an honor to, uh, to get to talk to you guys. Matt, let me just say thank you for being here. I'm uh, Since Brandon didn't give me a chance to even say hello in the introduction, which I appreciate he is just he is just oh so overcome with joy that you're on the no podcast doubt. this evening. No doubt. <laughs> that I think he's lost a little bit of his mind. But Matt, thank you for being here. Um I'm gonna go ahead and start this off here and just ask you what, you know, I know Brandon's already kind of led up to this, but what are some of the challenges you've dealt with specifically as a pastor and as a husband? Oh, I guess how do they intermingle? How do they cause you maybe that struggle, that challenge to happen even more? I think for me, um, 
I was really thinking through, you know, I, I, there's three main things that, that come to mind and, and a couple of them, and maybe even all three to a certain extent, aren't unique to being a pastor. Um, I think it's things that, that all dads can struggle with. Um, and so, you know, one for me, the, the biggest struggle that I have, the biggest uh, challenge that I have in, in leading a family, in loving my wife, and in pastoring all at the same time is uh, not letting the stress get the best of me, uh, not letting the the outside circumstances, the frustrating comments or the emails or or um, you know things happening, uh, you know phone calls late at night, uh, not letting those stresses really consume me because um, kind of how I'm wired is I kind of take I take the stress of the situation and and I can kind of dwell on it over and over and over again, and sure. um, my guess is a lot of people are wired like that. And for me, um, that's got to, um, uh, that releases in some form or fashion. And oftentimes it's, it's, it's through frustration, it's through anger, it's through um, usually, you know, um, hurting those relationships that mean the most to me, uh, you know, really um, in, in how I parent and how uh, I'm a husband. And so uh, for me, um, just kind of a, a quick story for me, that got to a point where it had to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, this would have been, um, let's see, January of 2017. So I had been a pastor a whopping three months. And, uh, after those three months, uh, just the, the stress of life, we had a miscarriage. Um, I got sick with mono, which is like what 15 year old girls get. I got mono. Uh, and so, uh, <laughs> I get sick, miss like my third week of being the pastor. And I was just overwhelmed. Uh, I was overwhelmed with with this new career, um, overwhelmed with the loss that, that we experienced in the miscarriage. And, um, man, it just started to show itself. And I'll never forget as long as I live. A, a defining moment in my life, the first one, not, not for a good reason. Um, I'm sitting in Sonic uh, with my son, Asher. Uh, Asher was, I don't know, he's probably five at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, sitting with him and just waiting on him to order. And he's not ordering. And so I'm like, come on, Asher, you order. Come on. What do you want? And he's not ordering and he's not ordering. And I just lose it. Like I just start, <laughs> I just start yelling at him, like just order. And, and, and what does a five-year-old do when, uh, when his dad just blatantly yells at him? Well, he just, just starts bawling. Down. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was, he was disturbed. I mean, the, the, that it had this explosion in the middle of Sonic over a corn dog. That was really a, a defining moment because it was in that moment that I knew this is not who I want to be. Um, this is not the kind of dad I want to be. This is not the kind of pastor I want to be, uh, not the kind of husband I want to be. And so I had to make some defining, defining decisions uh, right. uh, uh, to, to address that. And so uh, I have to say that <laughs> what is it about kids and going out to eat that the, and, and it, I've had the same conversation. If you don't know me, I've got two girls, six and five. Mm-hmm. And just the other day, Arwen, we're ordering. Arwen, you want this? Or, you know, what do you want? And she goes, well, what do they have? We've been here 30 times. Right. right. <laughs> you know what they have. It's either grilled cheese, a burger, right. chicken strips, or a corn right. dog. Pick right. one. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, they are, my kids are always the worst at restaurants, uh, hands down restaurants and target. I don't know what it is about target. Maybe it's this low ceiling or something that throws them off. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> no uh, clock. Interesting perspective. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so in this moment, 
uh, I'm yelling and I realize, okay, I do not want to be this kind of person. I'm like four months in and this job's already got to me this much. This is not good. And so um, I make some conscious decisions there. Uh, the very next morning, this would be January 25th, 2017. Um, I, uh, I randomly email a, um, a Christian counselor. I didn't know him, didn't know anything about uh, him or the organization. And um, uh, I just kind of, hey, I'm a pastor in the area, and I would love to talk to somebody. And that formed into a, a mentor-counselor relationship that's lasted to this day. And so um, that was really a defining moment because that's a, that's a defining relationship that, that came from that for me of, of having somebody invest in me. Let me kind of interrupt you there yeah. um, because I, I think this is really interesting and it's something that I've even discussed. You know, I think the whole, um, and I think it's interesting you bring it from the perspective of a pastor, especially, but for me, I know that the thought back in the day, I say back in the day, like I'm really old, but back in the day when considering talking to somebody like a counselor, it was really, especially as a guy, you know, it, it wasn't the cool thing to do to go talk about. Right. It was almost an embarrassing kind of thing to admit that I need shows someone weakness. else's help. Yeah, right. shows weakness for sure. Yeah, and I think, at least for me, from what I've seen, I feel like times are changing a little bit with that. But can you kind of give us a little bit more information on what, especially, so as a man, father, you know, all those things, and as a pastor, what was it that was, or was it really challenging at all to make that decision to pick up that phone or send that email? Yeah, I think for me, it was, um, you know, as a pastor, and, and you don't even have to be a pastor, it can just be the relationships that you have. Um, most of the relationships that a pastor has, just in a generic sense, are giving relationships. Um, it's me investing in somebody else. And that's the call on my life, and I love it. I wouldn't change that for a bit. Uh, for anything. But this relationship is completely different. It is him investing in me. And so I think um, that first one was super weird, uh, very awkward, very strange to uh, to just start up a a relationship out of thin air. But I went into it with, with one key principle in my mind is I'm only going to do this if I am 100% honest with everything. And that is a scary place for a. Did you kind of go into that because you had walls up? Because I mean, like we've already said, men are supposed to be. And some why I think this stems from just generational. But men aren't supposed to cry. Men don't show emotion. Right. So you kind of went in this. And correct me if I'm wrong, but with walls up, and you, you know, yeah, absolutely. To some extent, you were scared of being true and real in showing that part of yourself. Yeah. And Is I that think, right? yeah, absolutely. And I okay. think for me, like the, um, the most life-giving thing was that this individual didn't know me. They didn't know anybody in my world. We didn't have any mutual friends. And so I think there was, for me, it, that was a freedom. That was a freedom to be brutally honest, uh, with, with every aspect of my life that came up. And so, um, so yeah, that's, that was a, a major life changing moment, uh, in, in beginning that relationship. And because the year that followed, so, so that's January of 2017, 2017 was a very difficult year for our family. So we're coming off the miscarriage and off the miscarriage, I get mono. And then coming in 2017, I start having chronic throat pain. And so 
Uh, you right. can do a, yeah. a, a quick Google search. I have what's called muscle tension dysphonia. Uh, basically, it means uh, when I speak, I don't use my vocal cords. I use the muscles around my vocal cords. And so um, it creates a lot of wear and tear on my throat, which is not great for a pastor. <laughs> no, it's kind, right. of, kind it's of a bummer. <laughs> like a singer or something yeah. doing that too, right? Yeah. And so... Um, uh, so there goes that. your music career. You there have goes, to be a pastor. I mean, I, the backup plan was to be a solo artist, and, and Brandon was going to play guitar, but I guess we'll have yeah. to figure something else out. But uh, but then from that, um, I found out that, uh, well, I guess before I found out another health thing, we had um, a stillbirth. So this is a little different than a miscarriage. And uh, right. I, I would imagine there's some dads listening that, that you've walked this road. Uh, you've walked, you, you've seen your wife through miscarriage. You've seen your wife through stillbirth. And and that was different. I mean, that was heavy, a heavy, heavy loss, holding your son in your hands. And, and so that was just brutal. And then kind of the, the final thing of 2017 was I found out that I have two detached retinas. And that sounds disgusting because it is disgusting. <laughs> so, right. Uh, right. Yeah. And I laugh so I don't cry. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, basically it's, I have some blind spots and there is a potential for them to continue to grow. Not a good thing. Right. I mean, like, like this wasn't a, a great year in the Wheeler household, but it was through that mentoring counselor relationship. It was through, um, me transitioning kind of in my life to make my quiet times with the Lord, a non-negotiable. It was through those decisions that I had made in January that kind of held me through uh, what was to come. And so that's, that's for me, the, the biggest challenge, uh, of, of, of just life is not letting the stress boil into my most important relationships. And so, uh, some other challenges, uh, that I have is, uh, you know, I don't want my kids to build a resentment towards church, uh, right. being, being pastors, sure. kids, you know, they're PKs. And so, uh, you know, their world is a little different than, than other kids. And so they see uh, the frustration, maybe. They see, they see um, uh, maybe a, a more difficult side of, of church and of ministry than uh, a lot of individuals. And I think, I think that can, that's not unique to just pastors. I think if you're deeply involved in any church, you kind of see the, the underwirings of, of a ministry. And so, um, you know, a big challenge for me is to not have them grow resentment. So I want them to see um, the beauty of the church. I want them to see the beauty of the imperfections. And we're, we're, we're not perfect people. Uh, people say hurtful things. They, right. they, they lie and they manipulate. And, and uh, it, can, it can really, really hurt some days. And, and some days it's just brutal. But I want to protect them from that. I want to guard them from that. And, and that's a big challenge. Um, that's a big challenge for sure. And I'm guessing there's also that, well, so my wife is a PK, but mm -hmm. I'm assuming there's also that, oh, that protection that you, I think there's this, this, this hole that sometimes pastors fall into if they're not careful. And this isn't a, a, a bash certainly on any pastor, but it's just the human element that we always want to put on our best face. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard you know, you want your kids to say, Hey, we have it going on. My kids, they behave. We don't have issues. However, that's not always real. And sometimes it's a balancing act to show what's real and what's not. It's that glass house of, you know, we, we want this appearance, but we also want to let you know that, Hey, if you pop over at our house, 
just to say hello or to bring us a pie. <laughs> I may be oh, in man, my jammies. I stories for that. Uh, <laughs> you <yeah>. know, <laughs> I may not have my no, best face right. for it. I may have just got chewed out by my wife. I mean, yeah. I, you know, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. your wife, obviously, but no, you no, know, I, I think you're, things happen. you're spot on. They, they do happen. In fact, like whenever I was telling my wife that I was going to talk about the challenge of, of not letting stress get to me, she just bust out laughing uh, <laughs> because, because yeah, like that's, that's life. And, and, and I think, I, I think, you know, it, it's crucial to be um, as authentic as you, um, you should be, you know, with, with your church family, uh, with those around you, you don't, you know, I don't ever want to come across like I have it all together. You know, I have these different challenges and, and, you know, tried to figure out some different ways, but I promise you there are days I let stress get to me. I promise sure. you there are days that, that I'm not the dad that, that I need to be is probably today. You know, like, like that's, that's just, that's life. And so, right. um, no, I definitely, definitely can relate to that for sure. Before we move too far forward, I want to kind of go back, you know, with what Jordan asked and, and what you're talking about, Matt, with that, that kind of glass house kind of thing. And one of the, the purposes of, of this talk this evening also on this episode is, well, one to show how real pastors are too. You know, um, obviously we're talking to you, we're getting to know the real you. Um, but what I wanted to mention was that, you know, it's like sometimes people are intimidated by pastors or maybe not intimidated, but they just hold them to this such high perfection, you know, the standard um, that they, they can't mess up. And then pastors can't what, go wrong. Right. Right. Yeah. And and so what I've seen, unfortunately, and I, I feel like I, I kind of have a heart for pastors, and it's mainly because of friends like you who are pastors. And we also have, you know, I know a couple and you and I both have another mutual friend who is a pastor. So I've got to see some of the behind the scenes things and the struggles and the real life. And they need people in their life that are real with them that don't, you know, when they're just around putting them on this pedestal. But unfortunately, sometimes you also hear of people in the ministry, not just pastors, but of when they make a mistake. And, you know, I know of one, you know, I'm not going to mention names, but um, I, I think I went to this church a couple of times, but he made, uh, you know, he had an affair and it was a big deal. And the church cast him aside very quickly. And I felt terrible. Yes, it was a, it was a terrible mistake that he made. Right. But he led this church for years and years and years. and seemingly was just dropped to the curb and it made me question like why why do we do this to people that are in ministry why do we treat them this way and is it because we we don't expect them to have challenges we don't expect them to not ever mess up do we not give them room for that so with all of that kind of said how when you're talking about all these challenges and it comes to a sunday morning for example and you've prepared this sermon and this talk and something maybe that week happened, like you're mentioning, you know, you're not feeling your best. How do you get your mind right to preach the word that morning and to give the message that God has put on your heart and get past that? Like, give us a kind of a, a look into the day of a pastor who's dealing with a challenge and is about to prepare to talk to somebody. Man, uh, that is like, like what you speak of is just deeply personal uh, of just like, like I, I, there, there is a great challenge to this, um, that, that, um, I've had many Sundays where I sure wish we would have had a guest speaker. Um, I've had Sundays, 
you know, whether it's in, in a season of grief, in a season of sin, in a season of frustration, where, um, man, I didn't want to be, be up there. But I think to kind of answer your question, like, how does a pastor deal with that? I think, um, for me, one of the most important things uh, in my life is to have levels of solitude, um, me and God, uh, to where um, just just me spending time in the Word, spending time praying. Um, and I know that sounds like super pastor talk, but um, but that is the most personal part of my life um, in those moments. And so to to go from a a spot of like man i'm just not feeling it today like like there are sundays that that i am just not feeling it you know it's it's to kind of i forget where i i i learned this from another pastor i forget where i even learned it but it was to almost like physically take a step forward so like while you're you're singing and everybody else is is you know just a few minutes away from hearing a sermon is like taking a step forward it, to kind of symbolize this is not me this is you this is this is from you, and so um, relying on the Holy Spirit to to speak through me, even when um, man, I just want to be home uh, because we all have those days at, at work, uh, right? Know, that, yeah, that, absolutely. That, we, that it's just we're just not feeling it, and so uh, yeah, for me, it's you know, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of those Sundays, and I think for me, it's the solution is um, some advice that, that I'd received. Uh, is the that a pastor is to go up to the stage or the pulpit or whatever you want to call it um, with a limp and not a strut, um, mm-hmm. knowing I am a I am a man of of sin. I am a man that um, I am not worthy to be up here. Uh, you know, um, God has called me to do this, and so I rest in that calling and I rest in in His presence on my life. But I'm not going to go up there acting like I have everything figured out. I'm not going to go up there acting like I don't struggle with the exact things that I'm trying to encourage you uh, to, to, to address in your life. And, and I want to preach like that. I want to, I want to communicate that, 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 man, a lot of what I'm preaching is this is to me. And so I think sure. you kind of speak of, you know, uh, pastors that, that make mistakes and they're, they're, they're banished and that sort of thing. I think. Um, you know that's that's the the harsh reality of the position oftentimes um, right. that people are more prone to uh point a finger as opposed to lend a hand to help you you uh get back up um but i think um that's something that just as an individual being overly aware of uh that that i am more than capable of ruining all this i am more than capable i am no different than the pastor you spoke of i am more than capable of ruining my marriage, ruining my relationship with my kids, and and right. losing my job on any given day if I'm if I'm not tied in to the presence of God on a on a personal. No one else is around. It's just me and just God. And so, um, yeah. So I, I'm actually going to let Jordan. I'm going to let you throw out this next question here if if you'd like. But but before I do that, I I just want to to kind of first of all say. Sorry to you, Matt, because I know that we we have an outline and we've got these questions and, you know, I've kind of thrown a couple of those questions out out there. But I really want to just, you know, we're not we're not finishing up just yet, but I want to say thank you because I know that this topic 
you know, you know, it's the first time you're on our podcast. I don't know. Well, first of all, have you ever done a podcast before? An episode on a podcast? Uh, not really. No, more of like a radio show. And so this is this is different. I like it. Yeah, well, cool. Well, so I wanted to apologize just because this is not an easy topic. You know, we could have just talked about anything, right. kind of throwing you a softball and right, just right. introduced let's you and had some fun. Let's get to your soul and let's address <laughs> right. all the dark corners of your life. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, you know, um, so I really want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I know, Jordan, too, that, you know, this look behind the scenes, like I said, I've seen some of this. So I, I you know, I'm really hopeful that you listeners listening to this episode maybe can have a better understanding of what it's like and, and how cool it is to have somebody who is a pastor who's willing to be transparent like this. But again, Matt, I just want to say thank you for sharing some of those, you know, those corners and, and yeah. the, just the raw kind of stuff. Yeah. I think it's a danger um, when a pastor presents themselves as uh, holier than thou. Um, they're going to start believing it if they, if they keep uh, uh, just showcasing themselves like that. And so I think it's important. Uh, like I said, to constantly be authentic, be real. I'm not perfect, and and I don't have a perfect marriage, and I don't have a perfect relationship with my kids. There's room for improvement in in all those areas, and so um, I think as long as I have that posture that I'm positioning myself to be used by God in a mighty way, I hope. So yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to kind of go off script a little bit. So I'm going to throw a little. I'm not going to throw a softball. I'm actually okay, going to bring throw a fastball. Bring it. Okay, let's do this. But I think it's going to be good for those dads out there to hear this. Um, and and I don't know what led me to this, but so my question is here, how do you, as a pastor, a father, we've already talked about stress, and we as men are very compartmentalized. You know, mm-hmm. We like to keep this stress of work in this. We leave it at work. Stress at home, we leave it at home. Stress with the kids, we leave that, you know, in that slot. But so often, whether it's stress or whether it's stressors, whatever it may be, quite often it bleeds into those other compartments mm-hmm. all the time, as we have already talked about your work. So what what would be your advice for a man, for a dad, to try and A, keep those those compartments separate from the other compartments without bleeding into other compartments. But also what's your advice on, on handling that? I mean, I mean, we know it's very easy to say, well, you need to pray and you need to right. read your Bible and pray, be with read God. the Bible. Yeah. Go to church. Yeah. Yeah. We totally <laughs> get that. And I'm not saying it's not useful because that's not what I'm saying, but I right. am saying there's more to it. It's more mm-hmm. complex. There's mm-hmm. a reality. And needing to be real, there's, you know, so I just, I kind of want your opinion on that. I, you know, again, I'm kind of going off script. I know that, but I uh, think this is, I think it's important. um, This is actually something I'm pretty passionate about. Um, I think that it, it takes a dad um, being willing to make some conscious decisions, some very intentional decisions in their life. And so, you know, it's really like a, a balance uh, of, of life, of not getting, you know, all these things they do bleed and, and man, I can compartmentalize and, and you can do the same. Uh, but sometimes those things get out of whack, man. And, and when we do bring those things home and, and it starts affecting how we're talking to our wife and it starts to affect how we're talking to our kids. And so um, for me, it was um, creating some, some hard barriers. And, and this is me as pastor, but I don't know if it's unique 
as a pastor. I think you could probably take some of this and and like bring it into the corporate world. Um, for me, you know, I work Sundays. You know, that's that's not a a day off. So right. um, uh, for me, it's I don't work on Fridays. Um, I am sure. busy on Fridays. I am busy with my family, uh, hmm. and so if if I have somebody wanting to have lunch, I can't do it. Uh, I'm booked. Um, if, if I have somebody, you know, if, if I get a, um, a call, even from a church member, I'm probably not going to take it. I'm going to wait till it goes to voicemail. And if it's appropriate for me to call back, then I'll call back. Um, but it's kind of that hard barrier of, no, this is, this is time where I'm with my family. Um, and another one is I rarely, uh, rarely, uh, work late. Um, I am off. I leave uh, at four thirty or five every single day, and even a day like today, you know, we're we're up a little later at the church. Like I, I left, and so now I have the 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 ability to to kind of do that, the flexibility to do that. But it, I I lean towards a workaholic mindset. Sure. I love my job, uh, man. I could I could be up here till nine o'clock every day, and I wouldn't be bothered. Wouldn't it would be awesome to me? Mm-hmm. I get a lot done. But I think for me. It's it's creating no 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 I'm I'm going home it's it's time to go home I don't respond to texts after nine um, unless it's just an emergency um, because that's that's time with my my kids family that's time, time with that's sure. family time and so um, and uh, one thing that's that I do that I, I've started to do maybe in the past year is um, I'm always the first one up in my family. Uh, I don't, no matter what time we get ready, I'm going to get up an hour before anybody else, um, just to, just to be alone with God. And so, um, you know, that, that's been, so in last year, my daughter had school, she had to leave the the house at seven o'clock. And so that meant I was getting up at five 15 and that was brutal. And so praise God for homeschool (laughs) this year. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think for me, it's, how does a dad, achieve this balance and not that I've, I've perfected it by any means, but how do we um, keep from the overwhelm of all the different areas of life is, man, we got to come to a point where we are making some conscious decisions and, and we're going to stick to these. And so uh, um, I don't know if that answers your question or not. Um, but, uh, but that's kind of uh, some intentional decisions to, to create for me to create space with my family and create space with God. Um, if I can do those things, it's gonna it's gonna help kind of create a defense between my the stress of my work and my family and the impact that it has on that. So. No, I I think you knocked that one out of the park. That's yeah. That's what I think. That's what's a guy, and I'll just say a guy like me, but not me, but just that that right. that symbol of needs to hear of hey, I need to make intentional decisions. I need to make whether it's listen when i'm at home i put the phone down the phone goes in jail if you will you know during dinner time or but it's it's these hard lines hard steps to be intentional on my relationship with my family or my kids or when i'm at work i'm at work you know right. i'm all there and on the same token family stuff doesn't bleed to work so no i i appreciate it and i and i think people will want and would want to hear that and need to hear that. Yeah. 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 And I think, so with, with all that said too, you know, something I've thought about, but before you begin those barriers, right. You need to have some goals in mind. 
you know, wh- what do I want mm. out of being a dad, a husband, in your case, a pastor, you know, Jordan and I's case, just a good employee. So what goals, what, you know, actually have something I'm thinking forward to that I want to achieve, not just blindly trying to go through this and just kind of be the best we can by happenstance, but, you know, having this goal of this is, this is the kind of man I want to be, you know, whatever that looks like for you, you know, but some real definite, like we've mentioned, intentional things that I I want to do this. Maybe it's this year. I want to be more like this. Um, You know, for me on a more personal note, you know, you've been bearing your soul. So why not me a little (laughs) bit, but, but uh, you know, for me on a personal note, I know, and you know, it could be the job. It could be being a dad, a husband, all these new things. You know, I've been married almost you know, eight, well, eight years. I've been married a little over eight years. So been married a little bit. But anyway, I've noticed the last several years that things just frustrate me a little bit quicker than I ever let them. I, I feel like, and Matt, you've been friends with me long enough that I don't feel like that could always be said. I was kind of laid back, just kind of a easy, fun going guy. I mean, I, I could get upset for sure, but yeah, you uh, could. It's brutal. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Try living with you for two years. Right. Yeah. So, um, but you know, one of those things is, you know, I'm not just going to magically start getting less frustrated unless I do something intentional. And unless I admit that, Hey, yeah. Okay. I can't blame work today. I can't blame my wife or my kids. No, there's something a little bit deeper. And yes, maybe they're being terrible. Maybe, you know, there's something to truly be frustrated with. But how how do I not let these things fester and allow you, God, to look deep into my heart and show me, you know, where I need to change? But I, I think, you know, things like that, whatever the goal might be, whether you're a dad who struggles with anger or struggles with, like you kind of alluded to, being a workaholic where you know, you're doing good things maybe at work, but you're not giving your family the time they really need. And you're going to end up with a life of regret. So anyway, all of that, I think you have to have a goal and intentionally set some barriers. I think that's good. It takes a lot of discipline and it's not fun. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, yeah I, I definitely appreciate that. Because I mean, in all fairness, we can be addicted to anything. We can oh, be absolutely. addicted to, you know, to work. We can be addicted and it, they're not all bad either. You know, being addicted to work isn't bad until it becomes bad. Right. You know, if you're addicted to, you know, drugs or whatever, obviously those things are bad and it's affecting, but when it, when it is affecting your relationship, but also your relationship with family, your relationship with God and just yourself alone, you know, it, it's so, yeah, I, yeah. I get it, man. I, I totally appreciate it. It's kind of the mindset of, um, I've heard it said, like, if you're dominating at work and you're not, um, I guess if you're thriving at work and you're not thriving at home, you're not thriving. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I think it's, it's kind of, you know, as men, you know, as dads, like, man, I want to dominate at work. I want to thrive. I want to work hard and be productive. Um, but if I'm going to come home and I get everything off the checklist um, where, man, I've marked every single thing off. And, man, this has been a good day. And then I go home and I yell at my wife and I'm short with my kids and I, I, I don't give them the time of day. I didn't dominate that day. Um, right, I didn't right. thrive that day. I failed that day. I'll be honest. 
I feel like there are many days that I don't dominate. Mm-hmm. Today was one of those. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, my wife wasn't feeling a hundred percent. And so, you know, dad on duty and I'm dealing with internet issues, getting, you know, spectrum out here multiple times and the issue still isn't resolved. And I'm doing these things. I pick the girls up from school and they're, you have one daughter or two. I have one. You have one. Okay. But your son may be the same way. I don't know. Right. We use the word voluble in our house. Okay. And they just talk. Right. And it about, doesn't stop. About, to me, it's nothing. <laughs> right. They just talk. Like, right. I don't even know what the subject is. Exactly. And fortunately, I'll take this as a hashtag win, but I didn't yell, but I, I did multiple times. Just, shh, girl, girls, just sit on the couch. Please quit talking. Please quit wrestling. <laughs> just give me. Two minutes. I'm trying to do just give fix me some dinner. Peace. I just, just need, want some peace. Like I've dealt with, and they don't understand, but I've dealt with spectrum all day today. My wife's been home. I've been trying to take care of her and I just need, I, I want to get these things accomplished for you, but without you just following me and just right. talking about right. nothing right. to me, nothing. <laughs> right. No, but you are so, describing my everyday. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to end this with a couple of things. First of all, do you have, I know this is still, I, I've mentioned this before that a scripture, I mean, I even have it on my lock screen, but James one nineteen. you know, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. I'm still struggling with that. Um, because I need to, you know, of course, listen and be slow to speak and slow to get angry. But do you have a, you know, a scripture that really speaks to, dad specifically um and then follow that up do you have a dad joke oh man i should have came prepared i have a whole a dad joke book i didn't bring it <laughs> um no i think uh, for me a passage um you know as you you read scripture sometimes things just jump off the pages and and sometimes it just punches you right in the face and so um you know i spoke earlier of of i'm driven by productivity all right i want to be productive i want the people around me to be productive but man, God had changed. He, he has changed what that, that means to me. And it was uh, through reading just a random morning, reading Second Peter 1, 5 through 9. I'm going to read it uh, just so you can kind of uh, see what I'm talking about. It says, For this very reason, uh, make every effort to ha- add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. All right? For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they'll keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Like I read that and I couldn't believe what I just read because I just read, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. Like I had always been like, no, productivity comes with coming to work early, staying late, doing mm-hmm. all the checklist things. This just tells me it's a whole different ballgame. That it's goodness, it's knowledge, it's self-control, it's perseverance, it's being kind to people, and it's loving people, and it's it's going forward with this level of godliness in your life. And so, um, for me, it's you know a a final encouragement to dads is is reassess what it means to be productive. You know that that we are wired to be productive in our our eight to fives, uh, but what would it look like if we are productive with our life? Um, Right. that, That can I get more accomplished? you know, loving people and growing in kindness and, and self-control than I can marking everything off uh, of a to-do list. And so um, for me, that's, 
that's going to be a um, a scripture that that I would draw all dads to. Second Peter one five through nine uh, is is one that that really um, spoke to me. So awesome, awesome. That was great. So, so no dad jokes off the top of your head. I didn't come prepared. No, didn't come prepared. Okay, <laughs> not for that. No, I know. No. Yeah, I know that those are those are there for sure. I'm always trying to think of something new. Yeah. So, well, I appreciate you on this episode today. And wow, what a look into leading your family through you know the perspective of a pastor and you know a friend. And I can say this. I will say this, and hopefully not to make Matt blush here, but. Uh, this this guy is the the real deal. I've seen him, you know, growing up through school. Uh, we were also part of FCA. So if you're not aware of that fellowship of Christian athletes, and you were the president, we both, right? Yeah, yeah. I and was you the were vice. vice president. Yeah, I was your right hand yeah. man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so uh, you know that was a fun time. But you know, seeing each other go through all those stages, or seeing somebody in general being able to see Matt, you know, from grade school, high school, really, you know, on from high school and college and then just life and being the same person and being this kind of guy, you know, I didn't want to get, you know, I, we could have asked some, some pastor, right. Of some other church that we may not really know, but there's something about knowing the friend and the pastor side and seeing that those are the same. So I want to congratulate you and say, you're doing an awesome job. Um, you know, as a friend, I'm saying that as some, you know, somebody that sees your daily living. So yeah, say thank you for that. that. Yeah. And just, just for you, you listeners, I, again, I hope this has been a great episode. I think it has been. And so appreciate having you on this episode, Matt. Yeah, it's been great being here. I appreciate the opportunity guys. So again, before we leave this episode out, uh, we want to encourage you to leave us a review or rating on Apple podcasts or any of the podcast platforms, including podchaser.com, P-O-D-C-H-A-S-E-R. That's kind of like the IMDB of podcasts. And we would love to see your love and support. And we will have this out to you soon um, with this with this episode. And really glad to have you and look forward to next week's episode. Thank you. This is Two Dads, One Mind. One Mind.